0: All right, so it's been an interesting day for me so far. There are some times when you look at traffic on your way home from Birmingham and you go, it's not going to happen. Today was one of those days. I looked at the traffic. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to make it. Sorry, somebody else is going to have to speak. Um, Thankfully, uh, the Lord uh, parted the Red Sea, and uh, I did make it here on time. Uh, Just barely, but uh, I did make it here on time. Uh, It was kind of interesting, but uh, I did make it here. So um, I parked right out here in the front, so I got my pastor's parking spot today. That was really cool. So anyway, uh, so we have been talking about uh, spiritual uh, disciplines, and I wanted to start a series about spiritual disciplines, and uh, one of the very first ones I wanted to talk to you about was a spiritual discipline called solitude. Okay, now, solitude, that's that's a big, big word, I guess, maybe. It's got a bunch of letters in it, but um, it really just means being alone, right? So do we have any loners in here, people that like to just be alone? Can anybody admit that they just like being alone? Okay, do we have anybody here that is an extrovert, which is a big, long word that just means you're the life of the party, you like being around people, you like talking to people, you never shut up, you always want to be... (laughs) You can sit down, mom... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so she's right, there's no doubt, yes, yes, she hugs everybody that comes in the door on Sunday morning, so yes, she is definitely the life of the party, so um it is so ironic that my mom is such an extrovert and my dad is such an introvert, it is, you know, opposites attract, I guess, I don't know what that makes me as as their child, it just makes me confused, I guess, is what that makes me, right? So I've got both of those sets of traits in me. Uh, there are times when I'm very extroverted, I guess, being up here, maybe an example of that. There are times when I just don't want to people, you know what I mean? Like I just, like I'm done peopling, I just am finished, and, and I know that's not very pastorly of me to just say I don't want to people anymore, but that I just get that way sometimes, and I'm just like, I just want to be by myself, and I want to be alone. Um, do you know that, that a lot of leaders, like really important leaders, people that have been very successful as leaders, they have times where they embrace solitude, they embrace being alone. Uh, one that comes to mind that I did a little bit of research on was Abraham Lincoln. He was very well known for just being somebody that would get alone. As the president of the United States, you can imagine it would probably be hard to get alone, but he was somebody that, that even though there would be a lot of hustle and bustle and people asking him a, a thousand different things all the time, and he was, he was president of the country during the midst of a lot of turmoil and and, and it was just stressful. Every single thing going on around him was just a stressful time in our country. And, and But he was a man who was determined to get alone. He had to get alone with his thoughts. And I, I really believe that, that there are some successful people. Uh, Albert Einstein was one of those people that, that he said that, that sometimes when when he was just confused or he was just overwhelmed with the day, he would just just lay down on his couch and just stare up at the ceiling. I mean, that's what he would do. He just get away from everything else and just get alone with his thoughts for just a little while. And and I believe that we kind of are afraid to do that now. Uh, I think that we've gotten to a place where it's like, uh, if we have some alone time, what do we do? Right? right. Right? This is our alone time. Snapchat. Snapchat, (laughs) like, right? I didn't even mean to bring my phone up here, by the way. I just had it in my pocket because I didn't time to put it in my office. But like, It's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. But anyway, uh, so our alone time isn't even really alone anymore. I mean, we don't even have time to get alone with our own thoughts. Our thoughts are really just conversations with somebody else, even when we're alone. I mean, like, Right up up until the time you go to sleep at night, it is on your phone. It's a conversation with somebody else, and you really don't even have time to just think about anything on your own. I mean, to get alone with your thoughts, and and I think that's not a good thing. I think that it's really a good thing to be alone with our thoughts, especially when it comes to alone with our thoughts about the things of God, alone with God. Um, one of the things that that Jesus thought that was very important was to just be alone with his Father in prayer. Now, I, it says that he got alone in prayer, and it says that a lot in the Bible. We're gonna—I don't typically do this. We're gonna jump through a lot of different scriptures to point out the fact that he did it a lot of different times. But, um, but not only I think did he just go alone in prayer, but I think that. He also, in his prayer time, he didn't always just speak. I think there was some time where he was listening as well. He was meditating on what his father had said to him. He was thinking about the things that God was showing him and telling him every single day. He was thinking about the people that he had touched, the people that he had healed, the people that he had seen, the lepers that he had encountered that day. I really believe that all of those kinds of things were on his mind as he was alone with his father, and he was away from everything everybody else. And we're going to talk about some of those times when you need to be alone. I mean, our Savior, God in the flesh, needed to be alone. So if God needs to be alone, I think we probably should follow that pattern with our lives, and we too should probably be alone sometimes. Don't you think? Like if God, who created everything, needed to be alone I bet we need to be alone. I mean, you know, if, if he wasn't on Snapchat, we probably need to put down the phone for a little while, you know, and, and get off Instagram for just a minute so we can just be alone with God and be alone in our thoughts. So I thought I would start uh, in Jesus' early ministry. So I would start in Luke chapter 4, uh, the very first verses of Luke chapter 4. It says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at all. Ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. I'm sorry, i got to get a water drink here. So Jesus went out into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit. Now it's interesting that the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him to go be alone. And, and that's and, and really up until the point where Jesus is alone uh, in, in, with the Holy Spirit out in the wilderness, he really doesn't accomplish any miracles until he, until he does that. This is his alone time, and he is preparing for ministry. So you, as a human being, uh, me and you, as we are preparing to do something, I think that's a great time for us to be alone with our Father, alone in prayer time. So I want you to understand that when I say alone, that doesn't mean to just get alone and sulk in the corner somewhere. Um, That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm not just saying get alone and, and, and read a Harry Potter book. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about get alone with God. So I don't want you to misconstrue this and say, okay, well, Kenny said I could be alone. I'm going to go fishing. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's not, it's okay to fish, and I'm not saying it's, it's not okay to fish and talk to God, because I talk to God and drive all the time. One of the things that, that God has blessed me with is an hour and 15-minute drive to Birmingham. Days like today, it happened to be a two-hour drive, and I was blessed with that, and I was thankful that I got two hours of alone time with God, you know, me and the traffic and those Really frustrating people in front of me, you know. And, and I got to talk to God a lot on my way home today. But anyway, so uh, it was, it, you know, God has really, it, I didn't think about it that way at first, but that hour and 15 minute drive that I have, it is really a time for me to talk to God. I talk to God all the time. I cut off the radio a lot of times, and I'm just, it's just me and Him, and I'm talking, I'm thinking, all right, God, what are you trying to show me? What direction are we headed here at Simple Church? What kind of things am I supposed to be doing? What kind of things am I not supposed to be doing? God, what would you have me to speak about on Sunday? All of those kinds of things. Yeah, I'm just having this one-on-one conversation. Uh, do you know that, that really that you're supposed to have more alone time in prayer than you're supposed to pray in public? So that means that I should be praying Privately, more than I pray up here. And if you notice, I pray quite a bit up here, so that means i got to be praying quite a bit privately in order for my private prayer life to be more, uh, more prevalent in my life than, than my public prayer life. And, and that is supposed to be the pattern for our lives, that our, our private prayer life, where we get in our prayer closet, when we get alone with God, that is supposed to be more prevalent in our lives. You, in your life, when you pray over your meals, if that is the only time when you pray, then, then you're doing it wrong. That is not the only time when you're supposed to pray. You're supposed to pray alone, by yourself, with God. Get alone with God and have time just with Him where you are talking to Him and listening to Him at the same time. So anyway, so, so God has given me this great time to do this on my drive to and from work, and, and I'm communicating with God. People ask me, so do you pray in the morning time or do you pray at night time? And I'm like, well, I pray all the time, you know? I, and I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm just saying, like, I don't have a designated prayer time where I'm I, before I go to bed, I pray this. When I wake up, I pray that. I mean, I really, genuinely, I pray all during the day. I pray many times when I wake up. I pray many times before I go to bed. I pray many times during the day. I, I, I mean, there's just, it's pray without ceasing is what God's Word says. So I just believe that, As God puts stuff on our hearts, as God puts stuff on our minds for us to pray about, we should have conversation, ongoing conversation with God. And a lot of that should be alone time with God. And you cannot do that if your mind is constantly filled with interaction with other people. And Jesus had to get away for 40 days. The Holy Spirit drug him away for 40 days to prepare him for what he was going to have to do and his ministry that he was going to have to uh, face very shortly. The next thing I want you to see is in Mark chapter 6. We'll put it up on the screen. In Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32, he's just sent his disciples out. The the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. And Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So here we see another time when we're supposed to get alone with God. And that is to rest. After we have done hard work. Okay? Um, This is obvious, right? This is obvious that we're supposed to get alone to rest. Not just alone, get alone with God to rest. We're supposed to rest in His arms. We're supposed to get alone and and be with God in this alone time for rest. Go to Him for rest. It doesn't mean to just take a nap on Sunday afternoons, which is a good thing, which is something that I do. It's not a bad thing to do that. I'm just saying it's also good to rest in the arms of Christ. It's good to go to Him in your time of rest and say, God, I need you to provide me rest. I need need to go to you to to strengthen me because I know that I cannot survive without you giving me the rest that I need. I cannot survive without you sustaining me and pushing me and holding me up where I need to be held up. We need to go to him for our our sustenance, our our being held up, our, our, our strength day by day. So one thing I want you to see is as you rest, I want you to find your strength in him as well. And, and one of the ways that you do that, notice that he sends his disciples alone together. Do you see that? They, they're going off alone, but they're going together, right? His disciples, his 12 disciples are going together off. He's says, all right, guys, come on, let's, let's go somewhere else because everybody's swarming us. We can't even get any food to eat. They're just coming all around us the whole time. We, I've sent you off to do ministry. You come back and you're telling me all this stuff. It's great. Man, we can't even sit down and have a meal together. Let's go off together. This is an important thing for us to do as Christians, to go off together. Um, we have men's retreats. We have women's retreats. Uh, the, the women in the church are getting together for Galentine's. I don't know what that is, but apparently y'all are doing something around Valentine's Day where y'all were hanging out and, and doing something very girly. I don't know what that is. There's going to be pink. I know that. So uh, like Galentine's is happening, and that's going to be something for the women to do alone together, right? And, and, and the men, there's a gridiron conference that we're going to go to in June. Uh, there's a little, little poster board out there on the, the window about that. And it's a time for us to get alone together, to get away from all the things going on in the world, and for us to just spend time together, for us to grow those bonds together. You see, if we're just coming in here on Sunday mornings and we're just hanging out on Sunday mornings, Yes, we can, we can grow together as a family that way, but man, it takes more than that. It takes small groups, and it takes getting away from all this other stuff that's going on in our lives so that we can learn to depend on one another and learn to trust one another. And that's one of the times that you do that. I, I see it so many times in our students that they, they begin to grow so much when they go off to camp together, and they, get, they break down these walls, these barriers, and they just grow closer together as a result of getting alone together at camp many times. Disciple Now weekend is another thing that they do. D-Now weekend is another thing that they do where they get alone together. And it's very beneficial for us to do that. The next one is this. This is uh, a very important one. Also, it's in Matthew chapter 14. Now, you got to understand what's going on here. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus is kind of encountered a a difficult situation in his, his own life. I'll just kind of summarize this here for you. But it, his cousin, John the Baptist, has just been beheaded. And, and John the Baptist is dead. And, and Jesus himself, I could read through all this, but I'll, I'll just summarize it and tell you that Jesus himself goes alone, gets alone to grieve. We You and I, we need to go and get alone to grieve. It's so important that, and and you gotta be careful here. Um, Some people don't do well with this. Some people, they need other people around them while they grieve. And I get that, okay? But let me tell you something there's gonna be a point in time where everybody's gonna go home, there's gonna be a point in time where everybody's gonna leave. You gotta be able to deal with that. You can't just assume that everybody's going to be there all the time while you're sad. That's not the way it's going to be. Eventually, everybody goes home, and you've got to learn to be okay with just you and God. You've got to be okay with that alone time with just you and God. So I advise you to do this, that while everybody is still there, you go be alone for a minute and get alone with God. And take a minute to just be alone with God because you prepare yourself for the fact that it's going to be that way when the day comes to an end and you're going to be alone in your bed and it's just going to be you and him. And then you come back to the group and you can be together. I really think that there's benefit in doing that. And I, 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 this is what Jesus did. He, he went alone, to be alone to grieve the fact that his, his cousin had died. The John the Baptist who prepared the way for him it was now, was now dead. Yes, even God himself grieved. We don't need to be afraid of grieving. We don't necessarily need to, to say that we don't need to grieve. We do need to grieve. And we need to grieve with God. But there are times we need to get alone with God and grieve. And I know it's helpful to have family all around you, and it's helpful to have your pastor there with you and your friends, and I got that, Okay? But like I said, at the end of the day, they're all going away, and you've got to be alone with God. So prepare yourself for that. Get yourself mentally ready for that because that time is coming when everybody else goes home, and it's just you and God. So when Jesus was preparing to do his work, when his disciples had done the work, when we're grieving, another time, this, this one I do not have up on the screen. I had to add this one late. My bad, sorry about that. But this is in Luke chapter 6, in verses 12 and 13. This is before Jesus chooses his disciples. It says, One day soon after, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. So here, Jesus is, is choosing his disciples, he's choosing the 12 to be his apostles, and it says that he prayed to God all night. He went up to the mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Now, how many times have you, as you're seeking God's wisdom on something, have stayed awake all night to pray about something? Probably not many times, am I Right? You know, I believe there's probably been some times in many of our lives where we've needed to stay awake and pray all night. There's probably been some big decisions that we've faced in our lives where we probably should have stayed awake all night and prayed about it. But you know, the reality is, those really big situations where we should have been staying awake and praying praying about it all night long, the sad thing is, we didn't even pray at all about those situations. We didn't even stop to think that we should pray at all. Do you know that there are people that get married that never stop to think, to pray, God, should I marry this person? There are people that, that, that will, will go, walk, down the altar, walk down the aisle to the altar, stand in front of all of these witnesses, hold hands, and, and the first time that they ever pray about whether or not they should be married is when the, when the pastor says something about it down front at the altar. But they have not prayed and asked God if that's the person that they should be married to. They feel like, this is a person that I love. This is a person that I like being around. If this is a person that I like being around and this is a person that I love, then this must be the person I'm supposed to be married to. Without ever having stopped and prayed, God, is this the person I'm supposed to serve with the rest of my life? How many people do you know that have never prayed about who they're supposed to marry before they got married? Probably a lot, wouldn't you think? There's probably a lot of folks that never did that. It, could that be the reason that, that we have so many divorces now? Could that possibly be the reason? Even within, even within the Christian community, the divorce rate in the Christian community is just as high as it is in the secular community. Could it be that perhaps we're just not praying? We're just not asking God for His direction, that we're taking things into our own hands? Do you know that I believe that we do that a lot of times within the church? I believe that the church doesn't stop long enough to pray and ask God for his direction, but instead we take our own direction. We say, this is what I feel like we should be doing instead of stopping for long enough for us to say, God, what is it that you would have us to do? God, what is it that you want us to do? I think so many times our own egos and our own motives get in the way and we think that we're supposed to be doing this without ever stopping to really earnestly pray, God, show me what we're supposed to be doing. You know, I believe that if if we were to pray like that, and I'm not just talking about leadership in the church, I'm talking about every single person in the church, I believe if we were to pray like that, I believe we'd have a lot more people speaking up here on the stage. God, what am I supposed to do? God, you lead me. I'll do whatever you say. You just speak to my heart. I'll say yes no matter what it is. I believe we'd have a whole lot more people standing up here and talking about Jesus. I really believe that. But instead, our own motives, our own fears, they creep in. We go, oh, no, there's no way I could do that. There's no possible way. God would never call me to do that. I'm not even going to pray and ask God about that one. We let ourselves stand in the way. We don't even bother praying about it, do we? Jesus, as he's making a very big decision here, goes gets alone and prays all night before he makes this decision about who his disciples will be. Okay, he's God, right? <laughs> like he's fully God and fully man. He's still going to the Father alone to pray for wisdom and guidance. I think that speaks pretty pretty boldly about what it is that we should be doing, don't you? And then, of course, we also see in Luke chapter 22, we see in a time of distress, right? We see on the Mount of Olives where Jesus is, he's he's praying to his Father, he's crying out that God would take this cup from him, that God would take this cup of suffering from him and that somehow it would pass from him so he wouldn't have to endure it. In Luke chapter 22, verse 39, it says this. It says, Then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, where he told them, Pray, that you will not give up, give in to temptation. Then he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel of heaven appeared and strengthened him, he prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony uh, of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. When should we get alone to pray? When should we get alone with God? In times of distress. Times when we're on the verge of just breaking down. Jesus did this in a time of great distress for him. Now that great distress was about the suffering that he was going to have to endure for all of us. It's amazing to me that he was in distress uh, for me. And I have all these things that that weigh upon me. and, And what do I need to do? I need to take those things to him. When you are most distressed, when you are most overwhelmed, where do you take your problems? Do you get alone with God and do you, do you pray about them? Do you, do you say, all right, God, this is in your hands. This is, this, is your, this is your life. This is your work. This is you. You do with it what you will. Or do you say a teeny tiny little prayer and it goes something like this. God, you got to help me out here. I'm struggling. you got to fix this. you got to work it out. See, a lot of times we want, we want God to get on board with our plans and we want God to get on board with what we want and what we, how, how the, the outcome that we would have it to be as opposed to us getting on board with his plan. I want to tell you something about getting alone with God and as you pray. The more you get alone with God and the more you pray, the more your will becomes his will and the more his will becomes your will. I had a friend of mine tell me that, and I was like, I don't even know if I can wrap my mind around that, but I kind of get what you're saying there. The less you care about what it is that you want, and the more you want you want your will to become his will, and the more whatever he wants becomes the things that you want, if that makes sense, right? So I want you to understand that in your times of distress, what happens is that there's a transformation that happens Where you stop caring so much about what it is that you want to happen and you start to put it more and more in his hands. And that's how the stress gets lifted. That's how the distress comes off of you, is because it becomes more and more of his burden and less and less of your burden. He he takes on the the heavier end of the yoke, if you will. And, And your yoke becomes light and his becomes heavy. And you say, God, this is your life to begin with. It belongs to you. So, God, it's your will. It's your passion. It's, it's what you would have for me. So, so, God, you do the work. I can't do it. But instead, a lot of times we pray, God, you got to bail me out. you got to fix this little problem. you got to make it work out for me. Instead of saying, God, whatever you'd have happen, pray that it would happen. So that my life would reflect you. Or, sorry to rush through these, but the last one is this. The last one is this. The other time when we're supposed to get alone with God is just to purely, purely focus on prayer. And I, I, had, to, I had to throw this one in here because this is going to prelude into what we talk about next week. In Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, Jesus teaches about prayer. It says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying. Makes me believe that he was someplace else, right? If he was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I think, based on what I read here, is that they could see Jesus praying from a distance. I think that that he was in a certain place praying, and they could see him praying. Maybe they could overhear him praying. Maybe they could overhear him talking to the Father. I'm not exactly sure what was going on, but this is what I do know. The disciples never came to him and said, Hey, Jesus, teach us how to walk on water. They never came to him and said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to preach. They never came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to heal. But they came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. If you're going to go to somebody and ask them to teach you something, aren't you going to ask them to teach you something that they know the most about? Jesus was a man that was all about getting alone by himself and praying to his Father. Jesus was a man who was all about getting away from the crowd for a little bit, letting the world die down for a little bit just so he could get alone with God. And that was essential to his life. That was an essential part of his life. And if you look, I mean, we've pointed out Scripture after Scripture after Scripture of where that happened. Six different times we pointed out. And that's just scratching the surface. So many different times throughout Scripture, you see Jesus getting alone by himself, going away from the crowd, by himself to go and to pray. These are just a few of the times, different times when we as people, we need to get alone and pray. My question is, is tonight is simple, Really, really simple. When is the last time you really got alone and prayed? I don't mean you just found yourself alone and then you started praying. I mean, you made a concerted effort to go and be alone so that you could pray. I don't mean that you were just laying in bed and you went, Oh, yeah, I probably should pray right now. So then you started praying. I'm talking about you said... No, I'm going to get away from the hustle and bustle of life. I'm going to get away from my phone for a little bit, and I'm going to go to a place, and I'm just going to pray. When is the last time you did that? Have you ever done that? What major decisions have you encountered in life that you would never prayed about? Who you date, who you marry, what you're going to do with your career, how you spend your money? What times of distress have you had in your life where you you didn't take it to God? Or if you did take it to God, it was just, God, fix my problem. It was not about turning your life over to him and say, God, my life belongs to you, so whatever you'd have for my life, it's your will anyway. What about, what about focus just solely on prayer? Just so you could solely focus on prayer. So the people would look at you and say, man, I, if they saw you from a distance, say, man, I want to pray like that. Has, ha, have you done any of those? Have you ever done any of those? Are there major decisions that are coming up in your life right now, and you just need to come and pray right now? Maybe that's the case. I don't know what the situation is, but I know this. Jesus thought it was important to pray. I think it's important for us to pray, and I think it's important for us to get alone and pray. Right now, we got a chance to be alone together. You can be alone together, and we can come down here and pray. I'm going to ask that if you come down here to pray, that you don't pray with anybody else. You pray by yourself, okay? You just come down here, and you pray. Let the Holy Spirit of God talk to you. I understand that it's beneficial for you to come and have somebody pray with you, and that's, that's a great thing sometimes. But tonight, I just want us to pray individually, and let's speak to God individually. If you need to pray, come and do that. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this precious word. Thank you so much for the fact that we can get alone with you. We can just get alone by ourselves and just have one-on-one time with you. Lord, this solitude is a good thing. Because when we're alone, we're never alone because we have you right there. You're no further away than our own hearts. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray that we would be people that will get away from the world for just a little while. We'll just, we'll just isolate ourselves for just a little while to spend time with you. And I think that we neglect that, Father. I think that, that we're people that we forget that we're supposed to do that. Lord, this series, I believe that you've opened our eyes and there are just some basic things that we're supposed to do, some spiritual disciplines that we're supposed to have in our life that we're neglecting. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would continue to open our eyes. You continue to show us the things that we're supposed to do. God, and we would exercise these disciplines in our life and we would draw closer to you as a result of it. So, God, may we be people of solitude, people that are not afraid to be alone and to be alone with you. So, Lord God, I pray that you would speak now and that we would respond and that we would be alone with you right now in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.